2: Hello and welcome to the Rockmark Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into on a Monday, a jam-packed Monday as normal, so let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Steve Carp. Steve, how are you? I'm
1: good, and uh, it was a long weekend. Lots going on here in town, and lots more coming up. Busy October around Vegas,
2: exactly. So let's start with the uh, with the fight you were at Saturday. You wrote the main mm-hmm. story at the Sporting uh, Tribune. Canelo really, uh, really showing what he can do in terms of being in contention for best for for, wow. for best pound for pound fighter. Uh, your thoughts on the fight, Steve? Well, I was hoping
1: Jamel Charlo would be more aggressive, take a few more risks, and if he gets beat, so be it. He, he was just very vanilla with his game plan, and he was, just, it was almost as if he was just happy to be in the ring and, and collect a paycheck rather than trying to win. I mean, you sat next to me. I don't know if you thought that as well, but yeah. I mean, Charlo, look, He handpicks who he's going to fight these days. So he knew going in that Jamel Charlo wasn't really a threat to beat him or hurt him. And so to me, it was like a glorified sparring session.
2: Yeah. I mean, it it was one of those things where there was moments where you could see Charlo uh, beginning to box like we thought he would. Uh, but you brought up a great point in the uh, post-game report that you did, uh, post-fight report. Uh, listen, if he had a plan B, we never saw it. And, and so I, I don't know at, at what point he wanted to change his str- his strategy. Uh, at what point did you know that this fight was going to be as one-sided as it was? I think by the third
1: round, I knew this thing was going to be a walk in the park for Canelo. Or as I called it, an easy day at the office. <laughs> Back kick his feet up on the desk and just enjoy the day. If you're not going to be willing to take the fight to the guy who's supposed to win,
2: then it, it really makes for a uncompelling contest. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, we'll see who he fights next. Again, well, you, yeah, all right, this is the big question. Ross. Right? Yeah. Who is out there that could
1: a give him a fight. Mhm. That people would want to pay good money to see. Yeah. Uh, And the one, you know, the one name people keep throwing up there is Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is not going from 147 to 168 pounds. It's just not happening. It's not it's not Charlo went from 154 to 168. It wasn't as big a jump. And he admitted it was to his detriment, he's never going to fight at a 68 again. Yeah, he's going back down to 54. The one guy who might possibly be good enough to take him on and maybe get enough interest outside of the normal hardcore boxing fan is David Benavides. Yeah, who's a really really good super middleweight. Okay, now the question will be: Is Canelo willing to fight a guy who's really good at his weight class? I don't know. Yeah, that's, we'll have to see. Won't be till next year anyway. He said he's not fighting till next May. Yeah. So I guess we got plenty of time to figure that one out.
2: Yeah, listen, I think I think he's going to do the Floyd schedule moving forward, and he has for quite some time. Where it's the Cinco de Mayo weekend, and the Mexican Independence uh, Day weekend. Those those will be his like two big signature. Uh, fight weekends. And like you said, I mean, he's going to have to find someone that, again, is going to draw a a crowd. It's not just finding an opponent. It's finding an opponent that's going to do a a big gate, a $20 million gate uh, that that, the people are going to spend to buy the pay-per-view. So he has time to figure that out. Uh, But again, it was... We had two really big fights in Vegas, Steve, in a short amount of time. Uh, both of them, you know, did, did not live up to expectations. Again, not that we expected Canelo Charlo to be a classic, although we expected it to be um, a lot more competitive than it was. You know, Crawford Spence um, was not competitive. Real quick on that front, do you uh, think if weight classes changed at all, I mean, is there something that could happen with Crawford-Spence because there will be a rematch? Is there something that could happen that would intrigue you about that fight? Because the last one, as we sat next to each other, was a complete blowout. In a word, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just
1: don't see any compelling reason to want to watch Errol Spence and Bud Crawford in the ring again. I mean, if you think Canelo was lopsided, (laughs) Charlo, well, what Crawford did to Spence was equally lopsided, if not more so. I mean, a lot of people gave Errol Spence a big chance against Crawford. It was reflected in the betting. Not so much Jamel Charlo against you know, Now maybe if Charlo and his brother were in the ring at the same time, <laughs> and that might be interesting. Two on one. We're well, wrestling. We're going to cover for us, you know, because he's a wrestling guy, and that's so right. Be
2: like a tag team type, you know, match. A two on one bout. um All right, Steve. And then moving forward, uh, as soon as the fight was over. Uh, Got a little bit of sleep and then uh, took the the first flight out of Vegas to Los Angeles to see the Raiders play the Chargers Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Uh, Steve, you said this was going to happen. I mean, at least the Raiders put up a fight. Although, listen, I mean, most of their games have been competitive. But at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. Uh, 24-17 loss to the Chargers. Again, that probably would not have been that close if Justin Herbert did not get hurt. But Steve, at the end of the day, they lose again, and I don't know where this team is going. I don't know if there's a pathway for them to have any semblance of success this season. As you watch the game, what were your thoughts?
1: I felt bad for Aiden O'Connell, first and foremost, because they didn't give him a chance to succeed, realistically speaking. The line didn't block for him. Khalil Mack thought he was Lawrence Taylor. He really made life miserable for a rookie quarterback, and then you know, O'Connell, of course, didn't help his cause with three fumbles, two losses, and then the obviously the 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 interception he threw to Ashanti Samuel, you know, late in the game, which uh, was you know, that's not Josh McDaniels. That's a horrible play call. That's yeah. That way. yeah, you can't turn the ball over that close to the end zone. And and again, you know, every week it seems like McDaniels is doing something weird with his play calling and it impacts the Raiders' performance. They can't overcome their own coaching. So I don't know where this goes. You know, obviously Garoppolo will be back probably for Monday's night against the Packers, I'm guessing. The one positive I saw out of this, well, two, one, it looked like Josh Jacobs finally remembered how to run with the football again. Yeah. So that was good. He played all right. I thought the defense in the second half did a very good job against uh, the charged out, obviously. Now, you know, everyone's making a big deal about Justin Herbert's finger. You know, it was on his left hand. It wasn't on his throwing hand. I see. So, if you want to say it impacted him, I call BS on that because look at the play he made on third down to go up top for fifty-one yards, which sealed the game. Yeah, right. He didn't need his left hand to throw that pass, did he? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so let's you know, let's call it for what it is. The Raiders still give up big plays defensively. They're still mismanaged offensively. It's a mess. I don't see it getting better. I mean, I guess what you can say is with the schedule they've got coming up, they've got the Packers next Monday. They're no great shakes. The Patriots are coming up. They're terrible. You know, I I couldn't believe how bad they were against the Cowboys yesterday. And then, you know, they got to play Chicago. Okay, that's a game that, you know, they should win, even though it's on Soldier Field. You know, I'm just looking at the schedule now and I'm thinking, you know, there's a chance for these guys to turn their season around, but I don't think they will. Yeah. You know, there's still the residual impact of cutting Chandler Jones. They still haven't found someone really good to replace him. I know Wilson, you know, is starting to maybe show that he can play a little bit of the league, but he's far from a start. No. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So. It can't always be Max Crosby. He's gotta have some help. And, yeah. and there is right now no help forthcoming for Max Crosby on that D line. They're not getting enough pressure up the middle. And certainly the secondary is still giving up big plays. And you know, the linebacking's been pretty good, actually. If you you know want to be truthful about it. I mean, they're not playing that badly. But again, you've got to get. It all starts with getting pressure on
2: the quarterback, and one guy can't do it by himself. Not in this league. No, Um, we've talked about it for quite some time, or at least for the past year plus. In Willie Ramirez, our colleague at the Sporting Tribune, uh, did a column about Josh McDaniels following the Steelers game. We're saying, listen, the, the, this guy's proven he's not a head coach. Uh, Steve, it's, it's an amazing stat, you know, because 14 years ago, he starts off uh, his career with the Denver Broncos six and zero, and everyone's thinking he's the second coming since that, uh, the beginning of his coaching career, head coaching career. He has lost 31 of 43 games. It's not a small sample size now. 31 of 43 games. And a lot of it, a lot of it, Steve, are just very clearly. Uh, decisions that he's made, play calling, and also when a team is not disciplined, that falls on the head coach. I mean, at this point, what do you think the chances are of Josh McDaniels either A, surviving the season, or B, being back in the next season? I
1: think he'll survive the season because Dave Ziegler will convince Mark Davis it's not in the organization's best interest to make a coaching change mid-season. Now, the caveat will be is if he loses the entire locker room and not just Devontae Adams, okay? If everybody in the room is on board that this guy cannot coach this team, then there's really no choice but to make a change. That said, the Raiders' downward trajectory is such that he probably will not be back in 2024, which, if you're Caleb Williams, is probably a good thing. <laughs> if he winds up a Raider, you know, if, if you watched McDaniel's postgame press conference yesterday in LA, he essentially threw Aiden McConnell under the, O'Connell under the bus. Yeah, I thought it was a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really unfair to the kid. I mean, He's worked very hard to learn this system. It's not an easy system to play. Derek Carr went through it, and he's a seasoned veteran. All right? Garoppolo had the advantage of having known it for when he was in New England with him. All right? So you're asking a guy to go on the road and win a football game for you, and then when he doesn't win it, you're blaming him for fumbling or, or whatever or an interception. I mean, that... That's not good coaching. That's yeah. not how you keep the room together. And, and I thought he was very unfair to account. Yeah, he made some nice comments about him post game, but overall, I thought the tone was pretty negative from the head coach about a rookie quarterback who was put in an impossible situation when you know he had essentially like three days to get ready to start, and and he went up against a la defense that was geared to stop them and, and for the most part did
2: when you're looking around the league and again we'll we'll see how things shake out I, I, I'm very intrigued about this team's future because they really and again again. If you're going to try to model your franchise after a team in the National Football League, the New England Patriots are not a bad one, right? So, you know, you bring in Tom Brady as a, you know, a a partner, and you hire Josh McDaniels as Ziegler, and you bring in a bunch of players. Where do they go from here, Steve? I mean, because if if you fire Josh McDaniels, which I, I totally agree that if this continues, they have to do. I mean, is there someone else? By the way, he does... Bill Belichick does not have a great coaching tree. So, like, I'm just trying to figure out, do you still continue with this, like, New England Patriots in Vegas uh, model? Or what is the plan at that point? Well, remember, if you're going to
1: deviate from the Patriot way in Vegas, it means you're going to need a new general manager. Yeah. Right? So... If McDaniels is let go at the end of the year and you go forward with some other coach and, you know, let's say it's, you know, somebody's O coordinator, like the Giants did with Brian Dable, Okay. You still had to change the GM. All right. And Dave Ziegler, let's be honest, his track record so far hasn't been great. Yeah. You know their two drafts have not yielded top flight talent. You know the Chandler Jones move blew up in their faces. I don't know that the Garoppolo move is uh, going to pan out, frankly, because he can't really throw the ball deep and stretch a defense. So it's not just one person to rush. You got it's multiple people. It's coordinators. It's Other, you know, your personnel people, it's your scouting. There there are layers to this thing. And so if you're Mark Davis and you're trying to assess the damage, it's, you know, it's like when your house gets blown away by a tornado. All right. It's it's easy to put a new roof on a house. (laughs) But if the foundation is screwed up, you're still going to have to fix the house. You understand what I'm saying? 100%. And I think this is where we're going with the Raiders. The foundation is very unstable. And and Mark Davis, so far, since he has taken ownership of this team after his dad passed away, he hasn't shown a lot of stability and a lot of good decision-making when it comes to hiring the right people to run the football team. Now, this women's basketball team, that's a whole nother story. That's right. right. He's got the right general manager, Natalie Williams. He's got the right coach and Becky Hammond. He's got the right mix of players with their core four of Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray and Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum. Okay, that's fine. But one doesn't necessarily complement the other. Football is a lot different than women's basketball and trying to build a Organization that has long term success. 100%. So he's got, he's got, I don't know how he does it or who he listens to or what, but this is not working. I think it's pretty evident as we watch the Raiders week to week to week that there's just too many holes in the dike and
2: not enough fingers to plug it. No doubt. And a uh, perfect transition, Steve. Last question for you, just because I know we'll talk about them more. Uh, is the WNB finals. We are, we are set game one, uh, this upcoming weekend, Sunday, I believe in Las Vegas. Uh, it's, it's, it's the dream matchup that we all wanted that, that we thought that we would get prior to the season. Las Vegas is going for a repeat against the New York Liberty. Steve, you covered a couple of these games. In fact, you covered them in, uh, Brooklyn and in Las Vegas. Your quick we- thoughts on. The WNB Finals. Well,
1: I wish I could tell you that Candace Parker is in this uh, yeah. in the Finals, but I don't think she's playing, and I think that really gives New York an edge. You saw what John Jones did yesterday against Connecticut. She was just absolutely dominating. Okay? And I think Brianna Stewart is going to be really highly motivated to prove that she, not Asia Wilson, is The MVP of this league. That said, I'd like to think Asia is coming into this thing highly motivated herself, knowing that she got snubbed. So it the Aces have one thing going for them. They'll have home court if it goes to a game five. Yeah. All right. The Liberty is just gonna try to steal one or two and then go back to Brooklyn and then try to close it out there. So if I'm New York all I care about is find a way to win one of the, the first two games in Vegas. But uh, that said, it's going to be a great series. Uh, to me, if they can slow Sabrina Iescu down, the Aces have a great shot. If the Liberty can keep Chelsea Gray and Asia in check, then I think they have a good shot. So, you know, all, all the games are sold out here, Arash. Wow, Vegas. that's incredible. <laughs> not going to be like it's uh the opposing teams fans are coming that's right fans so mainly, bay's gonna be crazy on sunday and and wednesday so uh i'm really looking forward to this it's what we all anticipated it's gonna be a ton of fun and i think the aces are going to repeat
2: but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Can't wait uh, to head out there and uh, see you on Sunday and Wednesday, and let's see what happens. All right, Steve, thanks so much. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by Fernando Ramirez of the Sporting Tribune. When we come back, right here on the Mightier 1090s in the California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
1: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
0: Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears... We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big,
1: we go all night, and here everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. underground
2: when we come around Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's head back after the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune. Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Uh, Rush, I am doing a lot better than Jerry Tillery is this morning. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, you had a, you had a know or you had a, you know, when you saw that play, you're like, Jerry Tillery, Jerry <laughs> Blake. I knew exactly who it was. Yeah. And I even told you, you were sitting right next to me. And I told you that's Jerry Tillery. <laughs>
0: and then people around us were like, oh, that was, I think that was Tillery. I'm like, no, it was like, yeah. That was a, a
2: total blatant Jerry Tillery play. Oh my gosh! Well, let's start here. Uh, again, you don't want to call all these games a must-win game, but following the zero and two start to the season, I think it was very important for them to get back to two and two five hundred at uh, their break here, where they get a little a little bit of a breather. Um, how important was this game? Again, probably simplistic to say, but when you start the season zero and two, uh, now they got two wins under their belt. I mean, it's not perfect, it's not ideal, but. Your thoughts on the significance of this win. I mean,
0: honestly, it it was a must needed win. Uh, the only thing is there are some things, a lot of things that they need to fix. Uh, you have no Joey Bosa, you have no Austin Eckler, you have no Mike Williams, obviously Mm -hmm. no Derwin James, no Elohi Gilman, no JT, you were basically down to your Fourth, fifth, and sixth string uh, safeties back there, and I mean, I thought they they didn't do a bad job. Uh, there were, the, but th- this was an important victory. They needed this game, especially with. What's coming up? I mean, I told you they needed to start off fast. They didn't. Uh, the interesting part, though, Rosh, is that the first two games, they went conservative uh, towards the end of the game, and they've lost both games. And the last two games, they've gone, they've had some crazy fourth down uh, calls, yeah. and they're 2-0. So it's like, what? what is going on here? Like, this isn't, I mean, I, I know the old heads are angry. You saw me and Eric going <laughs> at it yesterday. Eric Williams, uh, the old head trying to, t- Tell me millennial, just pun it. I'm That's like, right. no, I'm, I'm actually okay with it, but I'm, I'm not okay with the play called it. See, like you saw, they did a tush push There was no push.
2: Like the the key to the tush push is you got to push the tush,
0: right? Exactly. Nobody pushed the tush, and that's exactly why they didn't. uh, They didn't convert it, and and that was a hell of a play by Max Crosby. Yeah. But, um, but it it was a must-win. They needed this game, and they were able to get it. But there, there's a lot of things they need to clean up. I mean, you scored 24 points in the first half. Great job. In the second half, your offense looked pedestrian. Like. Herbert threw for 400 yards last week, and this week he threw for 161. Like, oh. it, it, it wasn't a good, uh, it wasn't a good uh, second half by the Chargers uh, offensively, um, defensively. They, they gave up some plays, but again, they bailed out the Chargers again, like they did last week, and uh, they sealed it with an interception. So, uh, definitely a lot of some good in these
2: first four games, but a lot of bad as well. Uh, I think the main question coming out of it just because of his significance to the team and they really need him, Justin Herbert, um, he he took some time. It took him a while to get dressed. You guys were there waiting patiently. Yeah. Uh, what is the status, as you know, of Herbert? Well, uh, it was funny. He quoted Monty
0: Python yesterday, <laughs> and everybody was running with it, and I started laughing. So Monty Python is this, like, it's this old school movie. It's like a gimmick or whatever that they do. Like this guy gets two arms chopped off, and this <laughs> night. And he goes, "It is but a scratch." And Justin said that, and he laughed. People around us were like, "What?" And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, quoting my Monty Python." He's done it before. He's quoted other movies before when he's up there. Yeah. And uh, I got it, and I started laughing. I'm like, "God," I'm like, "This guy, he really is funny." I mean, it, it's just it's not really shown, but I think the dude's really a funny guy. But, uh, but he he said, "But it's a fle- it is just a flesh wound." Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> was <funny. laughs> i know but um but he said he's fine uh dr ian Rappaport today said that reported that uh that he <laughs> shouldn't miss any time or anything so and he said the pain was all right but he said he got his finger caught in a helmet there was a kid a rush when i was in high school He cut his finger in a helmet, and his finger fell off, like it snapped off. And they had to they had to go uh, emergency surgery. It thank Thankfully, that didn't happen to Herbert, but um, but yeah. So we'll see what happens with him. But I I don't. I if he played with broken with a rib injury last year, he should be fine. So uh, I don't expect to miss any time. But
2: the bye week came at a perfect time for them. You talked to Braden Staley about this before the season. How you know basically he made headlines going for these fourth down calls, didn't really do it as much last season. And you asked him, you know, you know, what is your mindset? Will we expect more? He's beginning to make headlines for the wrong reasons. Are uh, your thoughts on that? I mean, I do, I think you, you do like the calls, but like, what have you, what have you thought about Staley being more aggressive? I think, I I, I think it helps to
0: be more aggressive. I mean, that's what happened in the mindset in 2021. He came in, he was aggressive. They won a lot of games because of the aggressive nature. That's the thing. People don't go and, and do the research anymore. They won... That year they were nine and eight. I understand they the, the reason why they lost to the Raiders that game that year was because they weren't aggressive at the end. They should have gone for two. As yeah. soon as Mike Williams caught that touchdown pass, they should have gone for two, ended it there. Don't give it back to your D de- your defense is the weak point. I think Brandon sees that, and that's why he's more aggressive with it. He's like, would I rather um the defense have the ball, or would I rather Herbert live and die by Herbert? Well, hell, I'll live and die by <laughs> Herbert, too. Yeah. Uh, so um so I I I was okay with it the first time he, the first year he did it. Last year I thought they could have won more games if he would have been a little bit more aggressive in certain times. Uh but I just don't like the play call. The play call the the in the, these two have has not been good. No. Last week I thought put it in Herbert and Keenan Allen's hands. Let them be the ones that decide this game. They didn't. They decided to go with Joshua Kelly. This game, they did the failed tush push, but that's just because they they didn't they didn't push him. I mean, Jalen Hurts is six foot one and he converts those. Uh, Justin Herbert is six six. He should be converting them, but uh, but I, I'm okay with it. I I just think they need to do better with the play calling decisions. Uh, But, uh, but I mean, obviously the old talking hands will get mad at at the (laughs) way I think. But I'm actually okay with my brother's a a coach, uh, an offensive line coach, and he hates it. So, uh, everybody has differing opinions on it. I I think it's fine. I, I'd rather, I'd rather live and die by Herbert. But that's the, that's why I'm telling you, they need to put the ball in his hands. Don't give it to other people, put it in his
2: hands and, uh, let him decide the the game. You know, the one thing that we've always talked about with the uh, Chargers that, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, look at look at that on paper. And, and again, we're only four games in, and some of the biggest names on this team on both sides of the ball have not been healthy. Yeah. I mean, what what? It's simplistic, like, like why is that? Again, not that like players are not going to make it the entire season healthy. We we get that, but look, shoot, you know, four games in, like Austin Eckler, Joey Bosa, you can go down the list of the of of the main guys on both sides of the ball. They have not been healthy
0: yeah I I don't know what I mean they hired a new trainer in the offseason so I don't know what's going and it's all hamstring injuries if you look at the list most of them are hamstrings and you're like what is going on like why is this such a problem so I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the training staff I don't know if it's the football gods I don't know what it is but uh but it's just not a good look I mean especially because Um, it's their, like you said, it's their top guys, Derwin James, Joey Bosa. It's Austin Eckler. It's guys that really matter and are going to make the difference if this team wins or not. And that's why I give them so much credit for yesterday's victory, because I know the Raiders didn't have Jimmy G. I get it. But at the same time, I mean, these guys didn't have, uh, Derwin James. They didn't have Joey Bosa. They didn't have a lot of their playmakers, but I mean, in a sense it is what it is, but yeah, the injury bug has really hit these guys hard. Uh, and the loss of Mike Williams, you saw it yesterday. I, I mean, he, he, Herbert couldn't find out. Like Keenan was doubled the whole game. And I didn't. Josh Palmer stepped up with that last pass with the 51 yards. But other than that, I mean, I didn't see him or Quentin Johnson do all that much. I know Quentin Johnson had that one catch where he dove forward. It was a great catch. But they need to integrate these guys more and, and do more with them. Because if not, I mean, it's just going to be... Uh, it's going to be a little bit of the same, and and Herbert needs to start trusting these guys because, hey, Mike's not coming back this season. I mean, so I don't know what they're going to have to do, but but Justin needs to develop uh, his trust in these guys. If not, it's going to be a very, very long season. You have some tough games coming up. I mean, the Cowboys aren't going to be a slouch. Uh, You saw the Bears uh, yesterday. I I know they lost to the Broncos, but they had put up 28 uh, on them, and the Chiefs, obviously, so it's... It's a tough road coming up for them. I mean, they're they're and then the bye is so early that this back end you're not going to have that bye week to kind of rest. So it's all hands on deck after this bye week. You brought you brought you brought
2: up a good point about the uh, uh Chiefs about like you know this may be the year to get them. You know, I, I know they're three and one, but they haven't looked that great. If I'm being completely honest, you for there. sure is, is that is that your t-
0: last night? You threw a flag. When there was, when like the interception happens, the ref grabs the flag and throws it. And it's like, like even sauce Gardner came out and he's like, dude, I just saw the replay and the, and the ref threw the flag at hella late. This yeah. Taylor Swift thing is, <laughs> is taking a mind of its own. And I feel like it's going to power the chiefs all the way. To, and, and you know, what's funnier rush. I don't even think the chiefs are all that good. Like you were mentioning. I saw, I'm sorry to cut you off, no, but, actually, yeah. Yeah, but I, I just think the chiefs aren't that good. I think. Mahomes yesterday threw two boneheaded interceptions and I'm like, what are you looking at? But the thing is, Arash, they don't have a Juju Smith-Schuster. They don't have a Tyree Kill. Now it's starting to catch up to them. I expect the Chiefs to go out and make a trade and get a receiver. Um, I don't know who they're going to be able to get because, I mean, the Bucs are three and one. So Mike Evans, I don't think... uh, is going to get traded there, but they have to make a trade for a receiver because uh, Travis Kelsey is getting done. Now they're starting to, now people have caught up years later that Travis Kelsey is very good and now they're starting to double him up and they're leaving other guys open because they know that they're not going to make the play. So, um, but I, I just think the Taylor Swift thing is going to take a mind of it. It's going to snowball effect and it's going to help the Chiefs a lot. Because look at the NFL. Go yeah. check the NFL's uh, Instagram and Twitter page. They put the Chiefs are two and zero with uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's right. Get the hell out of here. What is that like? <laughs> um, I, I know what they're trying. They're trying instead of uh, trying to hit demographics that they should be hitting. Yeah, they're hitting demographics of trying to bring in new fans, and it's a, it's like WWE going and getting Logan Paul. They want to hit new demographics. They want to go and reach out to other people, and that's why they did by bringing Taylor Swift in. But, or I'm not saying that it's a it's a it's I'm, I, like, Taylor Swift is amazing. She's great. Yeah, and- she does her own thing. It's amazing. But the and I'm not saying that it's a business transaction. I'm sure they love each other. But there's a lot of shady stuff going on right now with uh with Kansas City. But I I, I don't know. But I, I'm just. I see their team, and I don't think their team is as good as what uh, it has been in years. But uh, that relationship may power them through to Andy
2: Reid's third uh, Super Bowl ring. Can you imagine how much uh, the your 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 job would have changed if Justin Herbert and Taylor Swift would have been the power couple? <laughs>
0: oh my god, I'd be, on, I'd be on a Taylor Swift watch. And, That's right. And, Oh my, you know, you know, it's so funny. Justin Herbert would never do that. Even no, no. I, can you imagine the paparazzi outside of his house? Like oh my God. So, mad. so <laughs> I just, I mean, he, he can't stand sometimes when, uh, the Chargers social media team does videos on him. That's can so you imagine funny. the whole world oh. having eyes on him? Like, no. yeah, no, there's, there's, there's no way. I don't even think a player on here would date Taylor. I mean, would date somebody that. No. That's huge. I, I'd be surprised. But yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy. And it's not even a quarterback. It's a tight end dating. That's right. uh, dating. I mean, you had Blake Lively, Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds. I, Arash, you need to go look at the, at a. there's this picture right now circulating of uh, Mahomes' wife sitting there all angry <laughs> because everybody else, that's all the right. star power
2: that's in that box. I love it! Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Um, all right, let's go around the bend a little bit. Uh, Padres yeah. officially the, uh, the the end of their season. You know, Bob Melvin is he going to come back? KJ Preller, you know what, what, what's going to happen there? Okay, so it, it's officially over. One of the most disappointing seasons. In recent Major League Baseball history, just, just when you look at um, the the uh, thought about how good this team was going to be this season, they defeat the Dodgers in the Division Series a year ago, they're in the Championship Series, they make all this investment, they, they didn't even make the, the uh, playoffs. Fernando, uh, what do you think happens with the, the Padres? Arash, this is an official statement from Peter Seidler a little while ago. Okay, wow. we have
0: entered the 2023 with expectations that we would build on last year's NLCS appearance and contend for a World Series championship. We fell short of that goal. The Padres organization will learn from this season and emerge in 2024 with the pieces in place to compete for San Diego's world uh, first world title, World Series title. Our current leader, uh, t- our current leadership team continues to have my full support, and I have asked them to perform uh, a thorough assessment of our organization beginning today. We will make the changes necessary to play championship caliber baseball for our extraordinary fans. 2024, Peter Seidler, largest chairman. That means that AJ Preller is coming back. That okay. means that we're not fired. Yeah, I, I, I'd be surprised, but Arash, I told you yesterday the Giants are foaming at the mouth. They are <laughs> waiting for the Padres to set out. We have mutually agreed to part ways with the general ma- or with manager uh Bob Melvin because they want to pick him up. Yeah. And he'll probably pull up Bruce Bochi and have them winning <laughs> uh, the World Series. But the Padres are saying that they're gonna cut back. Yeah. Well, what the hell does cutting back mean? I mean, you you need to go spend money to make I, I don't think Shohei Otani's coming. No. I'd be very surprised. So you need to go get more pitching. Pitching was, uh, besides Blake Snell, pitching was uh, not very good. You need to go get uh, guys that can come in um, and, and not give up the game like they did this year. So, uh, And you need to go get more hitting. I mean, there there was a, a lack of hitting. And then you keep on hearing Eric, uh, Hector Gomez said that uh, the Podgers are getting very close to an extension with uh, Juan Soto, which... I'd be surprised if they didn't just drag this out until next season, next offseason, and Soto gets to see from like the Yankees, the Mets, or other teams uh, what they're going to pay him. But it's just bad all around. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bob Melvin was uh, did leave, but who are you going to get to replace him? Who's out there yeah. that you can go get and he's going to be as good as Bob Melvin? So I just think um, it's a cluster mess. It's it's just bad right now, and and they're going to continue putting AJ Preller. AJ Preller is going to give up some some of the uh, farm system. He's going to go try and pull off a big move that just isn't going to work, and it's just going to be bad. I, I just I have no confidence in AJ Preller doing uh, anything positive for. This for it's, it, it, it's just not a good look. And I mean, you went to the NLCS without Tatis. Tatis comes back, and guys couldn't hit, guys couldn't field, guys couldn't pitch. Uh, the bullpen was a mess, and injuries happened left and right. So, uh, it's just a ugly, ugly mess. But hey, the one positive Juan Soto did play all 162, so uh, wow. that was definitely a positive. But uh, but yeah, just uh, uh, a terrible mess. The only positive that there is going to come out of this is, hey, Blake Snell's is probably going to win the side young. But hey, guess what? He's also hitting free agency <laughs> and he's out of here. So, yeah, just not uh, not a good look for the Padres. And if Peter Seidler really does keep AJ Preller, it's in my in my opinion, it's a it's going to be it's a bad move it's
2: amazing. The job security that AJ Preller and Tom Telesco have, uh, I, I don't know if there's something again, the chargers are not in San Diego, but like something in that water of like, like, listen, it's, it's not the GM, it's the coaches, the players, it's everyone, but the GM, they're uh, very loyal. They are. It's really incredible. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know what it is either, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, both of them, uh, Telesco they've made the playoffs with Telesco 3 times out of the 11 year or well, 10 years and then with Preller, they've had him for 9 seasons he's uh he's only had two winning seasons so Incredible. yeah it's very uh very similar their uh, track records to be honest
2: Last question for you. I mean, basically, that this guy is a hometown uh, guy at this point. Canelo, uh, again, loves San Diego, trains in San Diego. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you watched the fight. Uh, very one-sided. He, he said he's going to come back in the ring Cinco de Mayo weekend. I think now he's going to have like that Floyd schedule of the uh, Mexican Independence Day uh, weekend and Cinco de Mayo weekend. Uh, real quick, uh, your thoughts on Canelo, one-sided win against Charlo. Well, if Dana White doesn't steal uh, the uh, know.
0: Mexican Independence Weekend yeah. like he did this year, yeah. Um, but I thought it was one-sided. I, I, I hope Canelo finally takes Bivol or Benavides or yeah. Crawford. Go up against somebody like that you can actually go at. Like Charlo, a hey, Charlo took some good licks at him though. Like he had a couple of good hits, yeah. but Charlo hadn't fought in a long time. He needs to go up against somebody that's actually going to challenge him. The only thing is, you said it. He's on that Floyd Mayweather schedule. What does that mean? he picks and chooses and sometimes they're pancakes just so that he can run them over and make $35 million. So, I don't blame him, I mean God bless America, but uh <laughs> but I'd love to see him compete a little bit more and uh and and actually do something but real quick Arash uh your
2: quick thoughts edge well sorry Adam Copeland yes. AEW what did you think about that I did I did love it a lot the one thing and and they they are getting better the production quality of the WWE and the like AEW you, you cannot compare it yeah. I still but I still pop though I think adam Copeland uh got to know his uh wife very uh, well at the performance center uh so love that family love that uh again and I think we've, we've talked about it I love that there's two promotions and yeah. that are that are pushing each other and again a lot of big name uh, talent got laid off recently yeah. um so I, I think go go check out real quick go check yeah. out his tweet he kind of compares the aew to the Indies I know, <laughs> so it's- yeah It was pretty funny.
0: All
2: right. We're going to continue this conversation uh, next week. Fernando, you're the best. Uh, That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090
1: ESPN Radio. Thank you for
0: listening to Believe.